Welcome back to the Immaculate Perceptions, the podcast where we talk about sports and often argue. So, guys, how are you guys doing today? Uh, my name is BitBoy, uh, joined by Andy, aka producer, by the way, and Armando B. Uh, how are you guys doing? What's what's been going on in the world of sports for you guys this week? Armando, it's all it's all yours first, buddy. <laughs> I'm alive and grateful, man. Thanks for asking. Uh, a lot going on right now. We got the NBA heating up. Postseason's right around the corner. Right in the throes of the AAF and uh, the Underwear Olympics, aka the NFL Combine. So we got a lot to talk about. Um, I got a lot to talk about. Like Armando just mentioned, uh, the AAF. Lots, lots of actual interesting news. This, this league doesn't surprise me. I'm also excited to talk some baseball, a uh, little baseball. Uh, we'll get into that. But uh, yeah, I'm just happy to be here. A second episode. Yeah, two. we made it. Is, is the second episode always better than the first? Or we'll see. I we'll, think find so. we'll find well, out. Well, a lot of podcasts don't make it to the second episode. Yeah, they, they do one episode and they're like, yeah. See ya. You'd be surprised. There's a lot out there, you know, so. But, uh, yeah, so let's go ahead and start talking about what was probably, in my opinion, the biggest story of the week. Uh, because even though it really was just one, you know, it's in one sport, it kind of puts into perspective the money in all the sports. So, of course, we're talking about Bryce Harper this week signed a 13-year, $330 million contract with the Philadelphia Phillies, uh, which this has no opt-outs. Uh, you know, no no kind of clauses in there where either party can get out. He's basically stuck there for 13 years. I I do think at some point down the road, I mean, they, stuck they, there. They could trade him down the road. You know, he's stuck rich as hell. He might as well be uh, like Scrooge McDuck jumping in his pool of, of money. Well, yeah, but they say they say. Uh, well, there's a funny Onion article that said uh, Bryce Harper asked the Phillies if they would move cities because <laughs> supposedly Bryce. <laughs> Supposedly Bryce Harper hates Philadelphia. He hate, he hated playing there when he was on the Nationals, and that is actually what a lot of people think took uh, so long for him to sign there. It wasn't because the money wasn't right or the years weren't right. It's just because he doesn't really like Philadelphia that much. So, uh, what, what what do you think about this contract, Armando? Well, I tell you what, you know the reason why you you just said the reason why it took so long uh, for all those reasons. I think one of the biggest reasons it took that long was because the Nationals couldn't match it or were unwilling to match it. There's no salary cap in baseball, so they could have ponied up the dough. They just didn't do it. And, uh, you know, at 26 years old, Bryce Harper's, you know, uh, he's trying to chase the money. He's still in his prime. He still has several, several years left in his prime. And so, you know what, if I'm in management and I'm on the Phillies, let's ring the sponge for as much as we can. Sure, the last three, four years of that 13-year contract, he's going to obviously decline. Uh, But we can capture him now and, and ride him like a rented mule. So I like it on both sides. I'll have to, I mean, I'll have to agree what's not to like for this guy. I mean, look, I'm not playing baseball. I don't deserve that money. But here's where I'm kind of like, when is a player's contract going to be as worth a, a franchise in a different league? Like, uh, I think he's more valuable than an AAF team. Oh, for sure. For <laughs> like, sure. <laughs> like, yeah. like, so what it, what it, obviously no salary cap, but what interests me about baseball, it's a sport that I kind of stopped watching. I was a huge Mets fan. I mean, huge. Like, we would go to Shea Stadium as a kid. Like, it was a normal thing to do. My family was very attached to the Mets, and I just had a falling out. So there's obviously tons of money being made in baseball still. Like, football is the American sport, but if you're paying these players, I mean, what's the revenue in baseball like these days? Well, I mean, is it, 
you got to think about it like this, though. Uh, look at the NFL, right? The NFL, they got 16 games, uh, counting preseason. They play 20 total regular season and preseason. Um, and the season ticket holders, they got to pony up for those preseason games the same price as they got to pony up for the regular season games. So it is crazy. So basically, if you are a season ticket holder, which I am for the Falcons, uh, you got to pay for 10 games. Baseball, it's freaking uh, 81 games. You got 81 home games. So. You know, even though a lot of these stadiums are only a quarter of the way full, that's 81 games per team. That's a lot of money that they're bringing in, you know, plus the concessions, plus the parking, plus the souvenirs, plus, you know, all that stuff. So, you know, there's still plenty of money in baseball, even though its popularity, you know, is definitely slipping. Um, And I don't know in baseball, I don't think they have like kind of a a revenue sharing model the same way that the NFL does, because that's... That's one way the NFL keeps parity is, you know, with the salary cap and where your smaller market teams that actually would lose money, which like Buffalo, I think they say Buffalo would actually lose money as a team. Um, I could be wrong on that. I've heard someone on the radio talk about that before, so I'm just trusting what they said. Uh, But then in Green Bay, it's the same way, right? Even though they sell their games out, they would still be losing money because there's just not that many people that live in that area but you've got a team like the Patriots or the Giants or some of these much more popular teams, um, the Cowboys, the Steelers, that make so much money and all the teams, you know, share that revenue. Right. I mean, I, I when I see these contracts, I mean, like, I, I'm saying, good for him, I guess. His family must be proud. And she's like, what could you, like, I mean, I think this is just a general thing that we're used to now. Like contracts just get more and more and more valuable, more expensive. And I think the normal fan doesn't, I think that blew my mind, but guess what? Wait four years or five years and it's going to blow your mind again. Cause we're, it's called yeah. inflation. It is called inflation, but at the same time, Bryce Harper, you know, if he, if he's injury free and if he plays the way he did or close to it, the way he did in his NL MVP year, just a few years ago, he's worth that money. Not worth it in the grand scheme of things, but within the context of Major League Baseball, he's worth that money. And we're going to see what happens with Mike Trout maybe another year or two when he comes up for free agency. But at the end of the day, there's no salary cap, and you have one of the most dynamic players in the game right now in his prime. You know what? You do what it takes, and you build your franchise around him. All right, let me ask you this. How much does a bench player on an – you know, maybe he doesn't – he pinch hits every now and then, but he's he's on the team. How much does he make a year? A lot less. But uh, but I think he still makes a lot more than most, like, an the, NFL the minimum, the minimum in 2017 was 535000 so way more. That's way more than a practice squad person on a I believe team. the NFL minimum – I don't know about practice squad, but I think the NFL minimum is around 350 Let me look. I think it's and way that- less. And even that, there's no guarantee contracts in the NFL, save for Kirk Cousins. That's right. You get cut like that. Oh, it, it's actually similar. It, it got, it's been increased. Uh, just got a fifteen thousand dollar increase. Now the minimum is four hundred eighty thousand. So they're actually pretty okay. comparable. So, but you don't. Your body won't wear and tear as a bench player in baseball, and you'll get paid as much as someone who might play special teams and still has a chance to tear his ACL or do something drastic. That's so, true. But I would I offer that it's harder to get into so, MLB than it is the NFL. Well, my, my point is is that it's just sports in general is just paying up the, the dough, like more than ever. And it's like... What, what about this, though, guys? What, what about this? Uh, 
But teachers and firefighters, they only make $25,000 a year. Right. And you've got all the these guys. Matter. What, they're the real heroes. They're the real heroes, right? Like, Is hey, this the real her heroes question? <laughs> I freaking hate I hate people that say stuff like that. Because to me, like, look, I know you feel that way. You feel like their value should be higher. Uh, sure. But it's such a stupid argument because okay. the government is paying out of your tax money those other people people that are paying these baseball salaries and, and going to football games and stuff like we're paying that out of our disposable income, you know, that okay. we're want, choosing to spend. So it's kind of so like private industry, public sector. Exactly. I guarantee you, if you were to run the stats on private Montessori schools and charter schools and all those things that are not state or federally funded, those teachers and educators make far more money, Good get point. far better academic results and have a better overall experience in schools. So you want something done right, put it in the private sector. You want something done wrong, give it to the federal government. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, look, there's not much more, like, I don't know. I, I don't have much more to say about baseball because I hate baseball. We're going to talk about baseball, though. Sorry. I don't mean if I were a Mets fan, I'd hate baseball, too. <laughs> Listen, it being a Mets-Jets fan is bad enough, but at least I – don't watch the Mets anymore. And I, and I really have, that's another story for another time. But bottom well, line is they're making the money, yo. Like, and, and here's the difference, right? My first grade teacher, teach, teacher, my first grade. I like teacher, it when you said teacher. <laughs> Say teacher again. Teacher. Uh, Mrs. Simaluka was her name. I remember her name. Guido. She is not going to sell out a stadium, right? But Bryce Harper or LeBron James will. So th there's yeah. a difference in pay right away. Is she yeah. deserve? Yeah, American government jobs deserve a 30% of maybe maybe 50% spike in their their pay. They should be paid way more. And you're gonna pay that out of your tax dollars? You're willing to get taxed more for that? Because I'm do not. I do I pay for this guy's $300 million contract? You do when you go to the stadium and pay 12 bucks for a beer. I contribute. Because I, but when you go to a stadium, you're saying, I'm going to support this team and give them money. Like when you go see a movie, I'm giving this movie my money and that goes towards the box office. Like you're telling me you're, you know, you're giving them the money. But you know what happens if no one went to the games and no yeah. one bought the concessions and no one bought the licenses for the, the seats for the season tickets, things would have to scale back. But these owners of these franchises can and do ratchet up prices, and especially in baseball with no salary cap. They can pay ungodly amounts of money because they can, because idiots like you and me and everybody else who goes to sporting events pays the money to do so. So, so check out this. Okay, uh, it goes with any entertainment. It's not just sports, yeah. man. You go to the movies, come on, concessions are spiked. Anything entertainment-wise, that's just, that's just how it works. Except... The Atlanta Falcons Mercedes Benz Stadium, where we get two dollar hot dogs and two dollar cokes, refillable. That's true. And Great. and we don't and all live in Atlanta. The concessions, the concession sales actually went up. It's okay. like the amount of money, the amount of money that they're making actually went up in Mercedes Benz Stadium since they started doing that. Okay, just a couple interesting stats, and then we got to move on. Uh, talk some yeah. AAF football here. A couple interesting stats here. The Bryce Harbor contract is more money than the top three. NFL contracts, which are all quarterbacks. Uh, Matt Ryan is number one. I think Aaron Rodgers, and I can't remember who the third one was. But he here's a, just another, wow. like, just to drive home the teachers pay versus athletes pay. 
there are 864 Major League Baseball players. How many teachers do you think there are in the United States? Oh, man. Lots. Like I would say thousands. I would say hundreds of thousands, maybe 100,000 teachers. I don't know. I would know. say about 250,000. 3.6 million. I was way off. Wow. Yeah. I know that blew my that blew me away when I was looking at it just now. Damn, but uh dude. so yeah, guys, so let's move on. Let's talk let's talk AA football. I actually was busy yesterday, didn't get a chance to check out the games. That's all we did have a snow game. Uh I guess Atlanta yeah, Atlanta's so playing today. We're getting ready for our fourth loss today. So uh let yeah. so Andy, what's going on with AAF this week? Well, just so people know that we post this on Monday, you'll have at this point there's still two more games to go. There's San Antonio and Birmingham playing. And also Atlanta versus Arizona, your team. Uh, but we had two games yesterday on Saturday, uh, which was San Diego Fleet versus the Memphis Express, uh, and Orlando uh, Apollo versus the Salt Lake City Stallions. Two good matchups. Now, first, San Diego's coming off of a nice high. They they look good last yeah. week. They look good. Against and here's the Express, another, they played the Express last week against uh, uh, the Commanders. No, no, no. They play uh, last week. You mean? Yeah. Yes. Uh, this week they play our undefeated, I mean undefeated, our team that has not won a game, the Memphis Express, yeah. right? Now, I've declared that I am a Memphis Express fan now. I've gotten, I'm now into week four. Planet your flag. I'm playing, there's actually a lot of ex-Jets there. I'm going with them. There's like all this history. And now, Medenberger, not no. Hackenberg. Medenberger, yeah, Medenberger. LSU. 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 Yeah. Originally was going to go to Georgia and got transferred. Why wasn't Singletary starting this guy? Guys, the Memphis Express won their oh, they first won? game in the history of the oh Memphis Express. We're the, only, we're the only team without a win now. <laughs> now. Who are we tonight, playing today? Today you guys are playing the Arizona Hot Shots. Oh, we're, well, we're coming off of a tough. loss, I believe. Yeah. They're going to come out hot. Yeah. Not only that, they're going to be doing this. You know that the Hot Shots is named after the firefighters yeah. that fought. And they're doing this huge ceremony today. So I don't know if Atlanta's going to. This is, this is like the freaking Katrina game. Uh, but, Katrina oh, Falcons game. So, Kill me, please. San Diego Fleet lost 23-26 to 26 in a really tight game. And guess what, guys? Here's the story there. I'm going to tell you something. That a kicker, they, they brought on a new kicker a week ago. His name was Austin McGinnis. This and guy which was team a, is this for? This is for the Express. Okay. He hit the game-winning, potential game-winning field goal, which ended up being the game-winning field goal. This guy was a financial advisor two weeks ago. He was not playing football. Nice. Like, not a financial advisor. <laughs> you're, you're play, you play college football in this, in this area, right? Can you come kick for us? This guy wins, gets the game-winner. Great story. There's a good story for the AAF. Uh, of course, the, the rest of the games today – are again uh, your Atlanta legends, who I think they're still going with Chris Sims. God, I cannot uh, believe. Why are they not starting Andy Murray? I do not. Know. I am rooting for Chris Sims for some reason. Uh, former Jet, yeah. dude. This whole league is filled with Jets. I don't know what that, how that, like, do that. Does that mean we like like a lot of garbage players? Or, yeah, that's ex- that's exactly. That's it means you drafted terribly. <laughs> or or it means the Jets are very scouty. Like we got, we have a lot. Like Robbie Anderson is an undrafted rookie and yeah. he turned out to be a pretty yeah. damn good receiver you know um but then the birmingham iron are going to be possibly the second team to go undefeated because the orlando apollo beat the salt lake city stallions yesterday in the first ever aaf snowball mm-hmm. um 
which uh, I thoroughly enjoyed. And if you guys have a chance, go to YouTube, watch the Orlando Apollo, go undefeated. They're still undefeated right yeah. now. Uh, in the snow game, there were some amazing hits. If you go to YouTube, there's some awesome highlights there. You just look up Orlando Apollo versus the Salt Lake City Stallions. Watch it. It's like epic. I mean, we always enjoy the snow game, right? Yeah. yeah anytime um, I play Madden, I'd always set the, the weather settings to snow just to be the screen would just be covered in white. Yeah. Well, I remember when we first, you know, I'm sure we all played football games growing up. When you first could do stuff like that, like I remember those games, you're like, oh my gosh, I can change the weather, I can change the stadium, I can do this and that. That was, you know, so much fun. So my my son's name is Madden. If that tells you guys anything. Oh really? Yeah. Okay. My name is Eli. There you go. Eli. Okay. Eli Manning, baby. All right. Well, let me let me round this off and and get through this. There's one more piece of news I have to talk about before you know. Obviously, Birmingham has a chance to go undefeated. We'll see. And Atlanta has a chance to win their first game. We'll see. Uh, that's pretty much the news. But uh, Johnny Manziel has left the CFL for some kind of conduct. Uh, they said shocking goodbye. Uh, no longer want you in the CFL. I don't want to go too much into that. But what the other news is is that apparently. He wants to play for the AAF, or there's a rumor that he should play for the AAF. Uh, the AAF did comment, uh, I believe, that they would consider a tryout if he gets his shit together. Okay, so um, I am allowed to say shit on this podcast, I think. Right? <laughs> Twice now. Twice now. Damn it. Twice, yeah. <laughs> I think it's allowed. Um, what do you guys think of Johnny Manziel and the AAF? Do you think it's a good move, bad yeah, move? Yeah, I, I, I want more Johnny football. I mean, he would... Man, when he was in college, he was one of the most fun quarterbacks to watch. When I look, when I look back over the last, you know, ten or fifteen years, you know, Tim Tebow, Cam Newton, Johnny Manziel, those are probably the three most fun quarterbacks to watch, in my opinion. So, um, you know, of course, all SEC. That's how we do it around here. But, um, you know, I, I would love to see him get a chance. And you know what? Look, look at what's happening with Trent Richardson right now. Trent Richardson is going to get a camp invite next year. I, he's going to. I'm sure of it. Um, he doesn't have the yards, but he has six goal line touchdowns, and that is totally something the NFL wants. You have a goal line rusher. Stat. You have, that's an inflated stat. We have an offense that, can't, that only has to matriculate the ball down the field because they can't do big shots. He's going to get a tryout, man. At if least he's 2.5 yards per carry, punching it in every time. Dude, he looks like a beast, but he's a beast on the I would, I would give anything, anything if the Falcons had a back that on third and one or fourth and goal from the one or two, we could give the ball back. We don't have one. Devontae Freeman, Tevin Coleman, neither one of those guys are good for getting that one yard. And you got a guy here in this league consistently showing he can do that. Like, yes, it takes up a roster not spot. not much more. It takes up a roster spot, but you know what? That's what C.J. Anderson was supposed to be for the Rams, and Gurley got hurt, which is another big story we're not even going to get a chance to talk about. Well, uh, Gurley diagnosed with an arthritic uh, arthritic knee. Could could be wow. pretty much done. So. Well, guess there's another story of another running back named Zach Stacy who was very much he well. He was on the Rams. He was yeah. on the Rams. He was a fantasy player people would pick up. Yeah. And he is having a resurgence with the Express, and he is doing really great, and he deserves a tryout. There's a bunch of, and then there's Charles Johnson on the Apollo, uh, played for the Packers, I believe, 17, no, the Vikings, I think, 17 games, if I'm wrong, let me know. Um, and then he kind of just went through the camps and just never got picked up. And now he's the leading receiver in the league. He looks really sharp. 
if an NFL team doesn't try them out for preseason, they're, they're crazy because these guys yeah. are coming off. Now, here's the other question before we get out of here, before I have my little rant. Other question, how much more experience or I think the leg up are these guys going to have in tryouts when the NFL try, uh, camps start? These guys are coming off a season of football. They're ready to roll. They're, they only they play 10 games. They're like going to be on fire. They're going to be consistent. Two things. One, uh, it can go really, really well because they'll be fresh because, you know, they'll be in game shape already. Uh, okay. And the other side of it, or they're injured, you know, and they can't go full bore for these tryouts. So these guys are going to play all year round. That's what's going to happen, though, if any of them get signed. All year so, round. So, some will get signed. Uh, it's just a matter of time, um, you know, before that happens. Well, who, knows, who knows who there will be, but there will definitely be. I can guarantee you there will be at least – Two to five players that end up on NFL rosters next year. I think That's a more, guarantee. Man. I think I, more. I said at least. I believe at least definitely could be a lot more. So, and just to uh, finish, my real rant is not about Hackenberg, but about the Memphis Express, and that I have now decided they are the team I'm going to root for because of just my connection to them. You know, when you're watching sports and you finally get that like feel with a team, and you're like. Okay, I feel like my roots are with them. So first of all, they suck. Um, my history fills the air, but they're, yeah. now they're one in three, and I'm excited to see if this team could turn it around with Singletary as coach. Their defense looks stacked, guys. Remember we talked about defensive line. Mm -hmm. The Memphis Express have one of the biggest lines in the league, and it's cool to watch. Um, so I'm rooting for you guys. Hackenberg, you're probably going to have a job still. God bless you. At least they'll pay you a couple of bucks here here and there, buddy. But after this, I hope I – oh, no, I don't want to say I hope I see him bagging groceries. That's pretty rude. Yeah. <laughs> it worked for Kurt Warner. It worked for Kurt – yeah, it's true. It did. But anyway, guys, the AF continues to be entertaining, especially with the snow game. I'm excited to see tonight. Um, and hopefully I'm rooting for your Atlanta. I like the legends because I, I like Chris Sims. I think – I, I predict Atlanta wins tonight, their first game. Yeah, I certainly hope so. I, ho I hope we can win, <laughs> but at the same time, I doubt it. Okay. And, you know, to some extent, I kind of feel like, you know, let's just go ahead. Let's let's go 0-10. Let's get the number one draft pick next year, and uh, <laughs> let's rebuild. Uh, also, shout out to the AAF underscore uh, football Reddit. Not to be confused with the AF Reddit. I, I was confused. I thought this was the main Reddit. It's not. They have more subscribers. Huh. Shout out to you guys. You guys have the best memes. It's freaking amazing. God bless you. That's it. <laughs> so awesome. Well, okay. Well, uh, thanks for filling us in on the happenings on the AAF. Um, and thanks for wishing my team uh, good luck, even though I'm trying to tank our first season here. Uh, let's, let's move on. Let's do our sports Twitter shout out where we all shout out somebody on Twitter uh, revolving around sports that we think are doing big things. I'm going to start this week. I'm going to shout out a professional NBA basketball player by the name of Trey Young of the hometown Atlanta Hawks. I am a Lakers fan, but I do cheer for the Hawks too because they are the hometown team. Um, but uh, Trey Young, his Twitter handle is at the Trey Young. That's T R A E. And he scored 49 points in a game this week. First rookie since Michael Jordan to score that many uh, points in a game, if the stat that I read was correct. 
Um, if not, it was a maybe it was forty nine and ten. He had over ten assists that game too. It was a four overtime game to be fair. So you know it's not the same as a regular season game, but his stats over the last ten games uh, have been phenomenal. He's averaging a double double, and you know it, I'm going to actually go see him play on Wednesday night against the Spurs, and I'm excited. You know, excited to see the Hawks have you know a, a player who can actually play and not just. Not be fundamental, but be exciting. We haven't had an exciting player in Atlanta since Josh Smith left. And Josh Smith had his own baggage of problems as well. So, uh, very excited to see that. So, uh, big shout out to him. Uh, definitely should be in contention for Rookie of the Year. I believe Luka, probably, Luka Dantich will probably win it. But, you know, definitely pulling for Trey Young. Okay. Um you know, I told you guys before the podcast who I was going to do, but, uh, you know, that's too that's too old school. I, I just got into that. I don't want to shout them out. So who I am going to shout out is one of my favorite sports Twitters, my absolute number one, and you guys could probably guess, it's the New York Jets Twitter. And it's uh. at, at NY Jets. It is absolutely some of the best coverage for me as a fan. Uh, they do so many clips, and you know how you guys how you guys know I love social media and, like, Twitter and stuff. Uh, they're one of the teams I've seen some teams in the league that aren't so good on social media. Like that does exist guys. There's yeah. pro teams that are bad at social media. The jets are damn good at it. They always have the highlights up. Plus I just wanted to shill them because I love the jets. <laughs> uh, and I'm tagging them on this tweet, of course. So I hope they like this. So there, there you go. Excellent. Well, my Twitter shout out goes to Jason McIntyre of the big lead in Fox sports one. Uh, he is at Jason R. McIntyre, M-C-I-N-T-Y-R-E. Uh, lots of great takes, lots of uh, breaking leads and news. And speaking of which, just on the Big Leads Twitter page just an hour ago, Nick Foles reportedly expected to sign with the Jacksonville Jaguars. I, yeah, I've been hearing about that. Guy keeps extending his career. Good for him. It's amazing. So, yeah, I shout out to McIntyre. Nick Foles, how do, late how, 20s? How do you spell his last name? M C I N T Y R E. All right, got it. Are we talking about Nick Foles, the kicker? No, the what? quarterback of the oh, Eagles, the man. Wait, he, I'm sorry, I mixed he up. He did win the Super Bowl. Oh my God, and that MVP? is really bad. What was I thinking about? Yeah, of course. You're watching too much AAF, dude. I am. I'm thinking of a kicker, and I forgot his name. Oh my God. Yeah. So he's with the Jaguars. Nick Foley. Nick, no, Nick, Nick Folk. Yes, I'm sorry. So I misfolded it, and I'm like, I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, to the Jaguars, that makes absolute sense to me that they're going to do good with him. I think they already have which, a good. Team. Yeah, which means that the Jaguars are not going to be tempted to uh, trade with the Cardinals for Josh Rosen. Hopefully, he comes to my Giants. Because I was like, why do we care jo- about a Josh kicker? Rosen? Yeah, because it's a lot of talk that the the Cardinals are the number one pick. We'll say Kyler Murray. Which brings us to some nah. NFL and a combine. Ben, take it away, buddy. Yeah, that'll bring us to that. But I do want to make a comment on that. I believe that is all smoke and mirrors. I don't think that's a real thing. So, I think I think See. that the Cardinals. I think that the Cardinals want. This is the draft game. This is a draft game here. The Cardinals want teams to think that they're going to draft Kyler Murray with the number one overall pick. So they will trade up for the number one overall pick, and they can trade down to three or four. And pick out a couple extra draft picks. That's probably what's going you. on. I would agree with you, except the comments that were made by the now Cardinals head coach was not the Cardinals head coach. He was just speaking just like, man, if I was a head coach, I'd take him with the number one pick. And then later ended up getting the job. Yeah, fair but enough. There was no way for him to know that. 
Are we talking NFL draft right now? Or? Yeah, yeah. So, well, we're going to talk about the combine, actually, uh, leading okay. up to the NFL draft. Um, so my son, he's seven years old, and uh, we've been watching the combine this week. He's, like, absolutely entranced by it, but he doesn't, he doesn't understand it. He's like, Daddy, why are they running four seconds? I don't understand. You know, so it's been kind of fun, like, explain to him what, you know, what the combine is and stuff. But right. we had big news this week with the combine where Kyler Murray measured in at five ten and a half, a lot of or five ten and a quarter I think it was. A lot of people expected him to come in under five ten, and you know that's kind of the Mendoza line for, you know, uh, the height for a quarterback that you would want. We have some quarterbacks that are smaller than five ten that have done very well. Doug Flutie, Drew Brees. Also, Drew Brees is like six one. Is he? He's not that short. Oh, is he not? If he's drafted, Kyler Murray will be the shortest quarterback ever drafted in the current modern-day format draft. I thought Drew Brees was shorter. Maybe I'm wrong about that. But uh, Russell, Russell Wilson also is a, a shorter quarterback. So um, I'm going to look that up to confirm whether or not that's true. Russell Wilson's 6'2", uh, just about, and Brees is 6'2". But Kyler Murray will be the shortest in the first round if he's drafted in modern uh, NFL draft history. Wow. Wow. Wow, that is really crazy. Um, well, I think you mentioned short, but it wasn't as easy for those guys, man. They're always ridiculed. Like um, Russell Doug Wilson's five eleven. His whole career, Doug Flutie was his height. He had yeah. the he left the NFL. They they believed him, and then he had to go. And then he, the CFL was the only one that yeah. accepted him. Honestly, you know that the CFL never judged him for his height ever. That was in, in like one of the documentaries about him. He felt the most at home in the CFL because they never judged him. And he's wow. one of the greatest CFL players that ever played the game. If, if you yeah. feel the most at home in Canada, no offense to my Canadian brothers, but he, that's a really forget, bad situation. <laughs> don't forget, Doug Flutie gets credit, came back late in his career. Yeah, he did. Brought the Bills yeah. to the play yeah. playoffs. Last time and, they were uh, in the playoffs. That would That's a Music City Miracle game, I believe. No, it wasn't the last time. What's his name got them in the playoffs? Uh, a couple years ago. Last year. A couple of last years. year. They had that really long streak where they didn't make right. the playoffs. They just broke they were, they it were last good. year. Yeah, yeah. Flutie for like two, two, three yeah. years. But I think that good. Flutie was the Music City Miracle game, I believe. Yes. Yes. Yeah. No, no, he was the famous Hail Mary in college. Did he have one in the NFL too? No, no. The Music City Miracle is when uh, the Titans. Oh, the Titans. The Bills versus the Titans, and the Titans. Oh yeah. Threw a defensive touchdown. That was awful. So I, be I believe Doug Flutie was a quarterback of the Bills at that point. Yeah, maybe. Okay, I see what you mean. Maybe. Yeah, yeah, probably. Yeah. But Russell Wilson's 5'11", and Drew Brees is six is six foot even. So this it's, brings us to the point of the measurables, right? So we want to talk about how important are these measurables. And before we really get into that, and I give you ask you guys your opinions first, we'll start with Armando. Um, this is something they brought up yesterday when I was watching the 40-yard dash time for the wide receivers. If the A good 40-yard dash time, like an excellent time, is about 4-3-3-ish. Between right. four three three and four three seven four three eight, okay. And and basically what the commentators of the combine were discussing was that if you look at almost every single um, uh, wide receiver in the NFL that's a, that's upper echelon, ODB, uh, Hopkins, OBJ, yeah, ODB, oh that's old, <laughs> old, old, old dirty bastard, you know whatever. But anyways, o OBJ. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins, Antonio Brown, they're all kind of in that 4-4-5 four, four, to 4-5-6. Uh, I think they said Antonio Brown was 4-5-7. Um, so even though like they're looking for the fastest dash time possible, it seems like a lot of those players have kind of like medium 
um, range times were the 40s. So how important really are these measurables? So for the overwhelming majority of it, it's nonsense. There's a reason why they call me Underwear Olympics. Uh, you have people in the very uh, skimpiest they of call clothes. you Underwear Olympics? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Okay. I've heard uh, Because they're basically in what equates to underwear and cleats. True. Uh, at the end That's of the day, they're not wearing pads. They're not carrying a ball. They don't have people chasing after them at blinding speed. They're not running for their life. So there's a massive difference between uh, game speed and combine speed. So for the most part, it, it's not a big deal. How tall someone can jump? Okay, sure, maybe. Uh, but when someone's pulling on you, can you are you going to be able to fight, uh, fight for position? Are you, you going to be able to high point the ball if you're a wide receiver? Uh, but at the end of the day, the only things that truly, truly matter – uh, because you're not going to be laying on your back doing a bench press of 225 pounds as many times as possible during a game. Uh, what really matters, though, is some of the things that have to do with quarterbacks. Hand size. If you can't grip yeah. the ball in an easy way, then you know what? If I'm a GM of a cold-weather team, I might just say, next, and keep it moving. Because sure. you're going to be able to – you have to grab the ball and have good control, especially when uh, weather is suboptimal. Um, there's, you know, the whole thing about height is a little bit overblown. If you can scramble, if you can find passing lanes the way Breeze and Wilson have done over, you know, their careers, you can be successful. But I do have to say, you know, all these comps about height and this and that, you're comparing Kyler Murray to two of the greatest quarterbacks that have done it. Now, granted, Russ Wilson's still in his prime. We'll see where he shakes out at the end of the year. But if he continues to play at the level he's playing, he's going to be a Hall of Famer. Easily first yeah. ballot, Drew Brees, first, first ballot, ballot Hall of yeah. Famers. So, you know what? We kind of need to pump the brakes when every single other height comp is a Hall of Famer. Kyler Murray hasn't done squat yet in the NFL, he hasn't played a single snap. Yeah, he's been faster than everybody else in college, but guess what? Your defensive ends and linebackers are just as fast, if not faster, than some of the, than anybody else on a college football field. So, we need to pump the brakes a little bit. Um, yeah, and so I, I could keep going, but that's that's my take on the NFL comp. Well, let's let let's let Andy talk because he's good at talking. Oh, thanks. Uh, well, the NFL Combine has always been an interesting beast for me, and I'll go back to me as a teenager watching the Combine when they in the early days when they started televising it. Um, you know, ESPN was just like it was when, it was in a time where when I was a kid there was the football season. They would talk about it. It was over by when Sports Center came and ESPN had changed everything. The whole way we 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 in so it was like extension of the season for yeah. me. The draft, the combine. But I would watch the combine even back then. I was like, this is like so boring. What? Why am I watching this? This is what <laughs> scouts do. Yeah. Scouts sit for hours, watch them play. Now our now our height and measurables important for football. I would say absolutely. Are there rare moments with players that are not the normal size of a football player that do well? And I'll, I'll make an example for basketball. Muggsy Bogues was short as hell, but still had a long career and was able to shoot, and he still survived. But that was a rare moment, like Doug Flutie. Now, you're talking about quarterback. Quarterback should always be at least more than 6'1", at least six foot or more. I mean, you, you want a quarterback 6'3 or 6'5, right? Tom Brady is 6'5, is maybe? You know, like Philip Rivers I think, I think is 6'3. Yeah. Um, you're talking about you got this guy at the helm that you want to know is big He's and six, strong. Four. Brady's 6'4. And, and, and the problem with this whole Murray thing is that now, here we are again doing the whole Doug Flutie thing, and you're talking about a guy that had an amazing college career 
and now we're all talking about height problems. And and I won't say anything. I say the guy's short, fine. But did he have a good college career? Fine. Can he prove himself in the NFL? He can, and he will. Will he be a bust? Yeah, he he might be. Andy, he let me ask be. you a question. Let me he ask you a question. Be. If yeah. Baker Mayfield did not have the second half of the season that he did, and he struggled the entire season, are we still having this conversation about Kyler Murray going in the first round? If Baker Mayfield, oh, are, why does that matter so much? Because he's a far more comparable person than two first ballot Hall of Famers in Breeze and Wilson. Baker is just like Murray, though. He's a he's one of those rare rare players that come out of college now charlie ward let's talk about a short player answer the question what if he struggled the entire season instead of just the first half of the season are we having this conversation about kyla murray and height doesn't matter uh we're having this conversation a conversation about any quarterback that's really good in in college that's coming into the draft that's really short every time i i think i would like to interject here and like to say that i don't feel like baker mayfield is really what has brought on this trend I would say that it's really Patrick Mahomes, even though totally Mahomes different. Is but he's I, like all the tangibles. Yes, basically. yeah, exactly. That's that's what I'm saying. The height is different, but everybody's looking for it the same way they're looking for that next Sean McVay coach. They're looking for that Fair. next player that can be like Patrick Mahomes and do a no-look pass. I will tell you guys, I was in my front yard yesterday throwing the football with my kid, and I said, you know what? I'm going to try this no-look football pass. Without a defense... Me as a grown man, throwing the ball softly to my seven-year-old son, and okay. and I was looking the opposite direction and tried to throw it at him. It's hard as crap to throw a football right at somebody. Like, <laughs> I missed him by, like, 10 Dude. feet, you know? And, yes, I'm not an NFL quarterback. I could have been. I, I, Understatement I, of the year. Well, you know, if the coach would have put me in, it, things might have been <laughs> different. I, I could throw a football clear over a mountain. I don't know if you guys know this. But, anyways, but, that, but that, that's what they're looking for. These, these – these coaches are looking for the next guy that's got the intangibles that can do something athletically that other people cannot do. And I feel like that is why the focus has been put on Kyler Murray because he's the only quarterback in this entire draft that has the intangibles that could make him something, you know, could make him a superstar, you know? Do I think he will be? No, I think he'll be an average quarterback. I don't think there is a quarterback in this draft that will be great. But of course... You know, who knows? Tom Brady, nobody would have thought he was going to be a star either. But th- here, here's a question I want to pose to you guys before we move on to our last topic. I was listening to the radio yesterday while they were all talking about Kyler Murray, and I was thinking to myself, you know what? I wonder if so many of these measurables are really just kind of like, a, they're not made up, right? I mean, they're obviously real right. measurables, but the criticism of them it's like the teams collude kind of like, okay, let's find one thing about this guy that we can all nitpick on to, to help with contract negotiations, you know? Like where, okay, Kyler Murray, we're going to draft you first, but we're not going to pay you as much as we would have paid, you know, whoever the last number one draft pick was. Do you guys think there's any kind of collusion in that in, in terms of this combine and, and, and this nitpicking of all these measurables? I think it would have been far more likely of that if the the new collective bargaining right. agreement didn't change the new payment structure for first round draft picks, um, I think the last major one was what uh, Jamarcus Russell or Staff- Matthew Stafford. Stafford. Yeah, Stafford. Stafford, you know. So after that, it all got scaled down a whole yeah. lot. So probably not as much now, but I would not be surprised. Always looking for a nickel and dime it. Yeah, I, 
I, when it comes to contracts and and the whole like rookie contract thing, I I don't I don't know. It's shady. Do you, you remember when Carson Palmer got a crazy contract before he was even drafted? Yeah. Like, I don't know. Um, I think it's a little better now in the NFL to be honest with you with rookies and and yeah, fair. It's, fair pay. It, it's been good for the teams too. It's been a very that was one of the like positive changes for the NFL in the last few years was changing the way they pay rookies. Yeah. Um. Uh. But just just my final point about drafting Murray my example from last season is that we drafted Sam Darnold but as a fan I was like I don't want I don't want uh what's his name with the Browns I don't want him I don't want him because he wasn't the tan Darnold had all the tangibles and there's some safety there's a feeling of safety when you have a quarterback that has the tangible Matt Ryan Matt Matt Ryan like you don't have to worry about him with him he's running around all over the field of course he's good but not everyone could do that, and he's yeah. not going to be able to do that for years and years. But he might. He might. Who knows? He well, Russell, all- Russell Wilson is the one. Qu- Drew one Brees, exemption. Drew exemption. Brees doesn't really take hits because he, he he has so fast. He's so fast releasing the ball. But Russell, Russell Wilson runs great. a lot, but he doesn't take hits because he like has pretty much perfected his game to where he either slides or gets out of bounds intentionally to make sure like he'll go out of bounds five yards before he could, you know, before where he could have gotten just not to take that hit. And most quarterbacks have been running around because his offensive line has been terrible the last few years. Well, also it's hard for them. You know, you want a quarterback that can look over the line that he struggles. And that's why they always run. Once he runs out of the pocket, the whole field opens up for him. He's not blocked by six foot four, six foot six linemen. Tom Brady could see over them. Just Sam Darnold, who's six, I think three. He, he could throw over them. Even a six foot one could get over them. Well, you're talking what? Is he five ten or is he really five nine? He's five. He's five ten and a quarter is what he measured. Oh, and the quarter. And that's yeah. without cleats on. Yeah. <laughs> Combine does it, you know, just barefoot. So when you put it on cleats, that's another half. But I don't know if y'all heard. He's he's actually um, Nike's coming out with some stiletto cleats. So he's gonna be. He's actually gonna be. Kirk Cousins. Uh, for some I heard on uh, Sports Talk Radio, Kirk Cousins. <laughs> I believe Kirk Cousins had the most batted balls last year, and he's 6'3". So, True. He's know. also not a very good quarterback. Also, yeah. that could be slow rotation. Usually when you, you hit the lineman a lot, yeah. like I think uh, Flacco has that problem. He always like gets things batted because your rotation's just slower. And plus it's, you know, that a lot of batted balls are also luck, too. It's just when you're when the lineman happens to throw his They his just hand know up, to throw it up. They just throw it up, and you just happen to be throwing in that, you know, um, that line of sight. So, all right, well, let's move on. Let's, we're going to hit our last topic. So there's a lot going on right now in the NBA. We know college basketball is kind of winding down here, uh, getting ready for March Madness. And after March Madness is when interest in the NBA really, really picks up. So we're kind of we're getting a little bit closer to that. Uh, we were talking before we went on air, like there's so many different NBA stories going on right now. So I just want to give you guys each opportunity to say, what do you think is the biggest story in the NBA um, right now? And tell us about it. Uh, we're going to talk NBA, then we're going to talk about my local city, Los Angeles, which has plenty to do with the NBA. And uh, I think I wanted to talk about how this it never felt right to have LeBron in Los Angeles. And I still think I feel look, I'm not like I'm a Laker, like transient fan. I like, OK, cool. The Lakers are there again. It's kind of cool that there's a team in the city you're at that's in the playoffs a lot yeah. and always there. I got to see like a city win the finals three times. It's kind of interesting, you know. I'm a Jet fan. I didn't, I haven't seen any championships except for the Mets, and I was like five or six, you know. So, you know, when I see it in a city, it's really cool. Um, so 
I don't know. I think I want to see a lot. I think there's going to be a lot of changes next season, but there's something. So I guess the thing for me is there's this thing, the stigma that doesn't sit right. It's like the Bron is just here for the entertainment. He's ready to call it quit. It's almost like, is he really like dialing it in? I don't know. What do you guys, do you think he's dialing it in sort of like a notch? Like, so I think, and we talked, we did speak about this a little bit uh, off air and uh, Ben, I'm going to surprise you a little bit. I want to hear um, it. <laughs> the longest time I, I have been debating you rather fervently, Ben, uh, MJ versus LeBron for the GOAT conversation. And after what I have been seeing uh, this season, uh, whether it's just a complete emphatic lack of effort, and it's one thing, you know, to, to, uh, to be fatigue conscious and, and try to put in less effort on defense to save the gas in your tank for the rest of the year. But this is bigger than that. Uh, when I see, you know, uh, him doing an inbounds pass against the backboard to just make a turnover or uh, the lack of willingness just to play team ball, you know, uh, throwing his teammates under the bus and missing free throws, though, to the degree with which this mm-hmm. player, who's one of the greats, misses free throws is staggering. And you're going to hear it now. First time ever. Uh, I'm officially changing my tune on LeBron James. Uh, I'm officially rescinding uh, my LeBron GOAT card. Um, I've seen too much, and uh, I'm I'm a man, if nothing else, of critical thinking and common sense, and the greatest of all time cannot crash this this many free throws. You can't can't tank to the degree he's tanking. And I know this year he's just doing it just to save energy because he wants to do another year or two with L.A. This was a a lost year, but the way in which he's mailing it in is not goat worthy so yeah lebron he wasn't always nothing. known for his free throws though well know? he's known for missing clutch free throws um he's done he's his never whole... been known for it he, he, he's known for missing clutch free throws he is he's missed... known for driving the lane though. so yeah that. of course i mean i would never take away i mean lebron's a great player and i'm the, armando you know is in an interesting position having to admit that he's been wrong you know against me for a while now but i'm also in an interesting position because I am a Lakers fan. I grew up a Lakers fan. It's the only team outside of Georgia I've ever cheered for. Um, I was a huge Magic Johnson fan as a kid, uh, which is kind of cool, right? Now he's the GM or president, whatever his official title is. Um, But, you know, now we have LeBron on the Lakers when Kobe, you know, was my favorite player. And I'll, you know, always hope that, you know, Kobe would go down as number two, which I couldn't intellectually honestly say that he is number two. I would say LeBron has had... A more decorated individual career for certain uh, certainly doesn't have the championships that Kobe has. Yeah, but Kobe stayed on one team, his legacy. Yes. And yeah, had Hall is, of Famers around him all the time. Technically, the Hornets uh, did draft Pau Gasol, him. Is Pau Gasol going to be a Hall of Famer? I don't yeah. know. Borderline. Maybe. I don't know. And That's Shaq, really low bar. one of the greatest big men of ever. Course, well, the, the first that... three championships are different. I, I the with, with Kobe taking they the Lakers good, to three good. championships with Pau Gasol and Lamar Odom as his best players, that's pretty impressive. So, you know, so I'm I'm in a little bit of a tricky spot because I, I want to defend Michael Jordan because I, I believe Michael Jordan by far is the greatest player. I believe Michael Jordan's hey, – Tom, Tom Brady's making a debate, but I would I would argue Michael Jordan is the greatest athlete of all time, um, most recognized probably in the world. Now there's two. There's Tom Brady and Michael Jordan yeah. in America. Yeah. We're talking about people in team sports, though. That, that, save that for another topic. That's okay. another topic of all time. That's, 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 in, in single sport, I mean – Jordan, without a doubt, like single-handedly. I, I agree. I, I agree. I don't know, man. And, Serena Williams. Serena Williams. Well, get out of here okay. with the tennis. 
Tennis isn't it. a sport. I hate tennis. She's she won a title with a pregnant. Right, I get she's it. great. Right. Yeah. I, I just I refuse to talk tennis on this podcast. The okay. domination is is unparalleled. But continue. I was gonna make a joke, but I'm not going to. So anyway, so I'm in a tricky spot because I'm a Lakers fan. I want the Lakers to make the playoffs, but a lot of what I'm seeing is kind of confirming everything I've ever said about LeBron. And, and which I hated up until this year, ever since he left Cleveland the first time, when he was on Cleveland before the, you know, the announcement or whatever, uh, you know, I, I didn't dislike him as a player. But, you know, so I'm in a little bit of an interesting spot because I, I do want to see the Lakers make the playoffs. And I still believe, I will say this, I still believe the Lakers will get the number eight seed. I believe they would still, I, they're four and a half games back. Okay. I believe that LeBron single-handedly can carry this team to the playoffs. They're going up against, I think, the Kings and the Spurs and another team are all the teams. You are, that are out of your mind. There's no way. There is no way. We'll see. I mean, you know, the, you have to look I'll at it like this. I'll make you a wager. I'll make you a wager right now. All I'm right. pulling up my, my Monarch wallet. Shout out, Beatles. I'm pulling up my Monarch wallet uh, right wait, now. Wait, we bring crypto into this? Fine. I'm no. just saying. It's just the wallet that I have open. Uh, I will bet you. <laughs> Two Trons. I will bet you 10 <laughs> basic tr- attention tokens. Ten Fair enough. Back. All right. All right Sorry, people that don't know crypto. Yeah, They're yeah, speaking yeah. another language. Another language. Oh, yeah. Okay. I, that wager is on. <laughs> Listen, here's the thing. Until until they're mathematically eliminated, I cannot believe they're going to miss the playoffs for the simple fact that over the last several years, how many times have you guys heard someone say, well, this is the year. The Cavaliers, they're not going to, you know, they're not going to make it. The, now, granted, we're to a different conversation. Like, they're not going to make it to the finals. LeBron has been counted out so many times during this streak of unbelievable, you know, finals runs that he's had. And he always comes through in the clutch and gets his team where he needs to be. When he's uh, been up, up against, up against you know, until they got against the Warriors or whatever. So When he's been younger, he, he just this year sustained his first real injury ever of his career. He and he's older, taking longer to recover. He's had to activate playoff mode way earlier in the season than he has in years past. So you know what? For all the reasons, and LeBron, you're still a phenomenal player. You're no longer the GOAT. Sorry, bud. Uh, but they're not they're, – they might sniff the ninth seed. And oops, there's only eight teams that make it. There's yeah. no way. It's going to be I close. I, I, I do think they'll make it, but I could be wrong. I was wrong. Hey, that's when I really, I'll be honest, that's when I really push my attention towards basketball. The playoffs are amazing. Like, so it should be fun this year. I don't know. Who knows? Yeah. Or unless the Warriors are just going to win it again. I don't know. I like the Rockets have a real chance of uh, upsetting them as well as the Bucks coming out of the East. Bucks, Bucks, look at them. Giannis is a beast. Yeah, he's he's having a good season. Uh, Warriors. a great season. He might be MVP. Warriors are gonna, yeah, he probably will be. I, I agree. Warriors are gonna win it all again. I, I Shout think, so. out to I was watching the Nets at uh, the uh, Brennan Burn Arena, which is where they used to play, and it was the playoffs when Kid was running the team as a two years back to back. The first round of the playoffs was the Bucks, but it was a weird year because Gary Payton was traded to them for for the rest of this season. So it was Gary Payton and Sam Cassell on the same team. And let me tell you, they don't get enough credit. That one playoff team. With, with Gary Payton and Sam Cassell, I forgot who else they had. They were freaking good. They gave the Nets a fucking run for their money in the first round. And there almost goes beat the us. family-friendly rating. What? <laughs> oh, I did it <laughs> You did it again. Oh, I let one slip. All right, that's it's better. Fine. That's progress. Yeah, bro, I'm, I'm down with it. I'm down Are with you it. okay with that? I'm yeah, sorry. It's fine. 
I get heated when it's about my nets or like my my history. The heat builds up inside me, and that jersey comes out, and that's why I curse. And you know, sorry everybody, this won't happen again. I told them I wouldn't curse. <laughs> no, it's all good, man. It's all good, man. Yeah, it's gonna keep me on the podcast. We're gonna keep you on the podcast. But uh, you know, interestingly enough, the Bucks are coached by uh, old Coach Bud Boonholzer, who oh. who uh, brought the Hawks to their only uh, sixty win season, I think, probably ever. That's the, the name of a guy team. you want to get a beer with, you know? Well, That's... before he coached his first game in Atlanta, he had gotten a DUI, so. Okay, well, then, maybe not. Coach, <laughs> that that was the joke. We called him Coach Bud, you know, because. Okay. Uh-huh. So, That's but he's funny. he is an excellent coach, and I hated when the Hawks let him go, or I, he resigned, whatever it was, because I knew whatever team got him next, and now he really had some players. And I, I do think probably due to his coaching – I think that the Bucks probably will win the East this year, but I, I do think I, the Rockets or uh, the Warriors are up and down. You know, we've seen them at their best, seen them at their worst. I, I think they just have too much talent on that team to lose. The good news, though, for the rest of the NBA is Kevin Durant will be going to the Knicks next year. You heard it here first, live reporting from the podcast. Uh, you can, you With guys Kyrie? can hold me to that. Uh, yeah, I believe so. I believe so. So. I do not believe Kyrie will be in Boston next year. He will either be in L.A. or in New York. So, another L.A. moment. Another I don't want him. I don't want him in L.A. Any I don't want unite with LeBron again. Oh, yeah, huh. yeah. I don't I, think that's going to happen. There's been talks of it. I, I don't. I don't personally. There's I don't want it to happen. It. There's always talks of something, right? But you know, he Is had Larry the, Bird coming out of retirement to play for the. Celtics? He had that big thing. He had that big thing though, where he apologized to LeBron pretty much publicly, like trying to mend the fence. So. Boston, he's he is a team chemistry killer. You saw how much better Boston did last year without him on the court. So sure, but I'll tell you what, LeBron Kyrie, if they can land Anthony Davis in free agency, that's a really good big three right they're not, there. They're not going to end up. They can I, make I that happen. Make, I don't think they'll get Anthony Davis. I think he'll end up going somewhere else. I think I, I think he's that was Boston. I heard that was Boston this year. So it, it, it was it was this year or bust. So. Well, I guess that is all the time we have for today. Uh, we may have even gone over. I don't know how long we want this podcast to be, but that was uh, seemed like a good amount of time, it's, guys. It feels like like it's around an hour, and that's about yeah. that feels comfortable. Yeah. Feels uh, comfortable. Can I can I give some shout outs to our our, our social media? That's kind of yeah. Let's do it. Uh, so first of all, uh, we have a Twitter, and it's called. Uh, it's very simple. Ben gets the, the well. We had a Twitter, but that is no longer the Twitter. Long story. Long story. Uh, Follow us at IP Pod. It's that simple. Immaculate Perceptions, but it's IP Pod on Twitter. Shout out to NFL Blitz for following us. Uh, AAF underscore XFL Daily. Alex Wright and Jack Martin. Four new followers. Shout yeah, out Jack to Martin. What's up, Jack? Oh, Jack. Yeah, I love Jack. I know and as guy. you see on our tweets, there's two ways to find us. We're on Anchor for podcasting, but that means we're on everything else. You could find us on iTunes. Uh, we're on Google Play, but just stick to our anchor. There's some fun things there. And, of course, YouTube, right, Ben? That's right, YouTube. Immaculate Perceptions, just search. I, I was going to say Google us, but that's not actually a verb. I don't think it's we're, it, we're duck, Google. Duck, duck, go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, search YouTube, Immaculate Perceptions, and we'll come and right up. So. Armando, you should tell them that you do sign language because I think that's really cool. Like, Yeah, I mean, it's in the name, Crypto Terp. I'm a sign language interpreter by education, and uh, Crypto is a sports geek by choice. Um, Maybe one of these days I'll interpret our conversation, but that would take an awful lot of brain space. Can you do like something like, thanks for listening, uh, and we'll see you next time? 
I just realized. All right. I just realized after all this time that Terp is short for interpreter. I thought it, I always thought it was like a Maryland thing. I'm such an idiot. It's <laughs> right. just can, like my name is. Can really you funny. sign, uh, Bitboy? You're an idiot. Uh, real quick. Uh, yeah. Where's that dunce cow? I need that. The big eye right there. Ding, 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 ding. So, all right, guys. Well, that's all we got for today. Uh, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. And uh, we will talk to you guys next week. Go watch some AAF football. See you guys. Blessings. Blessings.